Have you ever wondered if you could hate every single person in an entire room at one time? <laughs> That's exactly what was running through my mind as I took a long, slow swig from the bottle. And I looked around at every single face and I said, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. How could they enjoy what was going on while my entire world was falling apart? And so I took another long, slow swig from that bottle. And as that cool carbonated liquid hit my lips, I knew that it would ease my heartache because there's nothing better than sparkling apple cider to ease the heartache of a 10-year-old girl. <laughs> there are a couple of things you should know about me up front. When I was a little kid, I never got any sugar at all because it makes me bounce off the walls and go crazy. And the second is that on that day, June 13th, 1998, my mom got remarried to my stepdad, Mike. I hated him, and I thought he was a homewrecker, and obviously I made his life a living hell, so he thought I was a brat. And on that day, it was the culmination of all of the failures that I had of trying to split them up. And so I picked out this big, poofy ball gown, because that's what you wallow in, obviously. And I decided that I was not going to have any fun at all. But during the reception, I gorged myself on cake and chocolate and cider when none of the adults were looking. And all of a sudden, I was zooming around like a rocket and having fun and bouncing off of the walls. And so when we got back to the hotel, my parents decided that we needed to go down to the pool to burn off some of this energy that I had running through my veins. So my brother, my sister, my mom, my stepdad, and his parents and I all get into the elevator with tuxes on, and she was still in her wedding dress, which it was the 90s, so it was this little baby doll kind of cream sequin thing with this jacket and these big poofy shoulder pads, and he was in his tux with an armful of wedding gifts, and here we were in our swimsuits. And we're heading down to the pool, and somewhere between the second and third floor, the elevator just stops. And not like the grinding of gears or the screeching of cables that you see in the movies. It just, you know, quietly comes to a stop. And it took a while for us to realize what had happened. And we didn't know what was going on. So my mom presses some buttons and nothing happens. So she gets to press the one button in an elevator that everybody always wants to press. <laughs> the help button. And it goes down to the front desk, actually. So they say, hello. And my mom informed them that the elevator had stopped, and they clarified, oh, you're stuck in the elevator. And stopped and stuck are two very different things, two different words in that instance, especially to a 10-year-old girl. And I look around, and there are seven people in this elevator, including my new grandparents, who uh, they have just giant hearts and big old casings for those hearts. <laughs> so there were really like nine people in this elevator. <laughs> And the person at the front desk told us that they would check into it and get back to us. So we waited around for 15 minutes and they called back and said, they don't know what's going on, but they're going to call an electrician and we just need to sit tight. So we wait another 30 minutes and we're really worried and not really sure if we should sit down. But after that 30 minutes, you know, we've kind of gotten used to it. My sister sits down and my grandfather sits down. Another 30 minutes passes and... Grandpa's falling asleep in the corner, and more people are sitting down, and another 30 minutes passes by, and my brother is sitting there playing with this little blue airplane spoon that he had because he wouldn't eat his peas, and so they got this blue airplane spoon, and it was so stupid. 
And I just remember thinking that was the stupidest thing ever. And by hour two, my mom calls back down and asks what's going on, and we can hear my other grandmother in the background yelling, calling somebody a good-for-nothing something or other, and something about the fire department, and that was the end of that. Two and a half hours in, and it's starting to get hot, and people are taking off their jackets and their ties, and around hour three, it's getting even more hot, and we had run out of small talk, so we were just staring at each other. And then at about three and a half hours, it finally happened. All of that cider caught right up to me. <laughs> and I had to go pee. And I told my mom, I said, Mom, Mom, I have to pee. And her answer was final and absolute. She said, Jessica Ann, you hold it. <laughs> so I held it for 15 minutes. I was kind of pacing around, and I held it for... 30 minutes, and my gut just started to ache and ache, and all of the sugar and cider was inside of me, and I was just, my guts were hurting so bad. Another 10 minutes or so, and my sister starts crying, and my brother starts crying, and finally my mom is, takes stock of the situation, and a, a parents must have like this thing in their brain that just goes into crisis mode, like how do I deal with this with the most, the least amount of damage? And so she takes stock of the situation, and we've got, you know, evening wear, and we've got these bathing suits, and we've got these wedding gifts. Well, the wedding gifts were a crystal bar set and some Pyrex mixing bowls. <laughs> I'd love to tell you that I got to pee in the crystal, but that's not the truth. So the Pyrex mixing bowl got it. So we scooched everybody over into one corner, and I was in the other corner squatting over this two-liter mixing bowl. And I, I filled that thing to the brim. It was... About 20 minutes later, they finally crack the doors open, and the firefighters pull out the kids first, and we run over to our other grandparents. My brother and sister are still crying, and we get the other grandparents out, which that was a testament anyway, because we were stuck between floors, and they gave us about a three-by-two-foot area to scooch out and then come down to the floor. And then my mom comes out, and my stepdad is the last person to come out, but we realize that nobody has told anyone on the outside of the elevator what happened on the inside of the elevator. So as this bowl full of pee comes out, nobody knows it's full. And the firefighter grabs it and goes to pass it along and splashes all of the other rescuers. <laughs> and you're wondering if they knew that it was pee. It was pretty obvious that it was pee. <laughs> so then I start to cry. And I don't really remember anything else after that because I was crying and crying and crying. And you'd think that the point of this story is that you need to let out these emotions that you're holding in, but that is not the point. The point is how far a person will go for good Pyrex mixing bowls, because we still have those bowls. <laughs> and we've never told anyone outside the family which bowl it is, but it's gone to Thanksgivings, barbecues, <laughs> graduations. And I know I, I have friends and family in the audience right now, and they're wondering if they ate out of this bowl. And there's only one person I should really apologize to. Phil, you've eaten out of the bowl. <laughs> Thank you.